You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. Now, with budget speech coming out this Wednesday, we know that there's a lot that's going to be a topic of discussion or focal point, and it's a it's a juggling act, to say the least, for the finance minister and national treasury. But alongside that conversation is, of course, the conversation around the national health insurance bill uh, that the president has said he's just looking for a pen to sign. Uh, apparently, this bill is, in its current form, not the best idea to sign. And I'm joined on the line by the director at uh, FTI Consulting, Dr. Paula Armstrong, to take a look at this. Good evening, uh, Dr. Armstrong. Thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, let's start with why it's not viable. What is viable? How do we define viability in this case? Um, I think, Jimmy, just in in the current economic climate in South Africa, to put on the table um, a a policy design which we haven't costed yet, um, which would take full responsibility for the provision of health care for the entire population, seems fiscally irresponsible um, in the current climate. Dr. Armstrong, um, looking at that current climate, uh, what, what does the current modelling suggest around uh, what it would look like if we had to implement it? I mean, I know there's been projections uh, within this report around the the new VAT figures and how they would have to be adjusted uh, and those sorts of numbers. How, how would this materially uh, affect us? I mean, personal taxes and those sorts of things as well. So I think I think um, important to note with the figures that we've come up with is that these uh, these are not official costs of national health insurance. These are costs that have been put forward in a presentation by the Department of Health in December 2022, and our analysis is based on 200 billion that has been identified as currently paid by medical scheme members um, as being available to be redirected towards the NHI fund via the taxation system. So we have calculated. If that 200 billion is to be redirected towards the NHI fund, this is what it will cost in terms of personal income tax. And we've estimated that personal income tax will have to go up on average by about 31% um, in order to cover that whole 200 billion um, out of that, for example, we would see an increase in the VAT rate from 15% to 21.5%. So we're not saying that these costs are on the table and this is what it will cost us. What we're saying is if that money which has been identified as being a possible source of revenue for the NHI fund, if this is raised via the tax base, this is what it means for the different categories of taxation. And I think given where we are fiscally in South Africa at the moment, given the tiny size of our tax base, given the pressure that taxpayers are under, um, we really do need to question whether this is the most prudent approach um, in setting up a national health insurance as a single-payer system. Um, and I think, you know, given where we are, given the economic climate, uh, given the state of um, economic growth and what we can uh, predict in terms of what the future looks like, um, it seems that uh, we require um, a bit more of a drill down into what this is going to cost us and serious questions about whether we can afford this in its current format.
Dr. Armstrong, uh, in looking at some of these numbers as well, another proposal that's come forward is, uh, and I I suppose it's less of a proposal at this stage and more around a pronouncement that we'll likely see on Wednesday, is the cancellation of medical tax credits uh, to finance uh, the NHI. And that's something that uh, taxpaying citizens at this point uh, rely on and actually look uh, forward to at the end of a tax year to say that they've contributed towards these. um, And that tax credit goes a long way. I suppose if if we have to remove that and still then look for uh, the financials to substantiate or to um, finance this NHI structure in its current format, it leaves uh, a lot of questions that need to be answered. And I I guess one of those questions might be, um, how do we handle this with the economic climate? How do we handle this with the current growth trajectory of South Africa not looking to improve with the tax base, as you mentioned, shrinking and not growing? Um, how do we even make sense of the NHI at this stage? I think what we need to what, what we need to um, address and what we need to properly interrogate is whether the NHI as a single payer system is the only way to address the significant healthcare needs and the significant inequality and in access to quality healthcare in South Africa. From what we know about uh, health system design. What we know about where South Africa is economically at present, what we know about the size of the tax base, is a single-payer system is certainly not the only system available. There are various options on the table which could be implemented immediately and, importantly, could be done so without additional tax requirements. For example, uh, the the adoption of low-cost benefit options in medical schemes, this is just one of the ideas, the health market inquiry uh, run by the Competition Commission, their final recommendations published in 2019, uh, put forward a strong recommendation for a risk adjustment mechanism or a risk equalization mechanism, um, which pools risk across multiple medical schemes and ultimately across the whole population. So there are other workable alternatives um, which haven't necessarily been fully interrogated and which from a taxation perspective would be significantly less disruptive. Um, So there are ways to do it. Um, It does require perhaps a divergence from the current uh, healthcare policy pathway, Um, but there certainly are options which in the fiscal environment we find ourselves in would be considerably more prudent. Mm. Dr. Armstrong, let's look at the uncomfortable side of the conversation in that if we go into Wednesday and there is a conversation around this NHI and we do see that the president has signed the bill and we have to now deal with it in its current form. Have we mapped out what that looks like and the implications that that will have if we don't explore these alternatives and we go with it as it stands? So the work we've put forward is a high-level estimate of what it might look like. We don't believe, and and the Department of Health has been categorically clear, it will not be a big bang implementation. This will not happen overnight. It will be implemented over a number of decades. Um, And we appreciate that that is a a prudent approach. I think where where concern arises is that once we get onto this policy pathway, it's very difficult 
to come off this pathway. We've seen this happen in South Africa before when we started along a pathway of risk equalization, moving towards something like social health insurance. Um, and in, in 2007, we see, the, we, see the, um, we see the adoption of the NHI policy by the ANC. So, so getting onto a policy pathway and, and taking steps to implement the NHI as a single payer um, system is may be quite difficult to reverse in future. We understand from the Department of Health that this will be implement, implemented over a long time period, um, and I think this is this is a very responsible approach. However, in the bill as it stands at the moment, the first phase of NHI implementation is set down for 2023 to 2026. And phase two is set down to finish in 2028. So if we are looking at a very long, decades-long phased approach, that's not what's reflected in the bill. Um, and that must be addressed. So if the bill is signed into law, if the president does sign the bill, I suspect there will be constitutional challenges and it will be around details like how financing will be achieved um, what it does to right to access to, to healthcare amongst medical scheme members, um, and many details which are far beyond my scope of expertise to address. Um, but I suspect there will be significant challenges if it is uh, signed into law. Well, we'll have to wait and see how it unfolds. Hopefully, the other options are explored because, as you rightly mentioned, Dr. Armstrong, there are other options and there are better options to implementation. We'll leave it at that. Uh, that was uh, Dr. Paula Armstrong, who is a director at FTI Consulting, on their uh, NHI report that they've compiled and the viability around the state of the NHI at the moment. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.